up world pass first point guard and blazer beat writer mike richmond you're listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts today's episode is the official kickoff of our 2020 nba draft coverage the nba draft coming to you november 18th We're exactly a month away as I'm recording this on October 18th. And in the month leading up to the draft, I want to give you a look at some prospects. Uh, We'll talk rumors. We'll talk everything about the Blazers draft. But we're going to shift our focus over the next four weeks to the draft because that's the mode that teams are in. So that's the mode that the podcast is in. So part of our NBA draft focus is going to be deeper dives on various prospects that the Blazers very well may be targeting. Like I talked about in the most previous episode in your feed is the the draft process is a lot different this year. So it's going to be harder maybe for us to know publicly who the Blazers are even interested in, who they're working out, who they're talking to, all those things. Anytime anyone reports on that or if I hear anything, I'll let you know. I'm not going to hold out on you on the podcast, but in the straightforward way of this dude was in the facility today, we won't get that this year. What I want to do on today's episode is dive deeper into a prospect that I think should be the Blazers' number one choice considering their draft position. The Blazers have the 16th and 46th pick in the draft, and for now, for today, we're just going to focus on first-round draft picks. We'll do that in our typical manner, three organized segments. So first, we'll just get the basic profile, answering the question, who is this guy? Then we'll review strengths and weaknesses as defined by the Internet's foremost draft experts. And finally, we'll close the show talking about fit where the guy lands in recent mock drafts, and how they would fit with the Blazers. And today, we're starting off with a banger, who I think is the ideal prospect for the Blazers to draft, considering their draft position. So let's go to Adam Silver. The pick is in. With the 16th pick in the NBA draft, the Portland Trail Blazers select... Sadiq Bey from Villanova. The 21-year-old, 6'8", 215-pound forward who sports a 6'10 wingspan and spent two seasons at Villanova would be the ideal pick for the Blazers. Let me tell you why. First, by running through the resume. Like I said, Bay is a product of Villanova, a school that has a pretty good track record of producing pros. Uh, If you're just looking at sort of types that fit the Sadiq Bay model, uh, Mikhail Bridges, Dante DiVincenzo, Eric Pascal, Josh Hart, sort of, all NBA guys, NBA wing types, uh, Hart's more of a two, but NBA wing forward types that have uh, gone through Jay Wright's program at Villanova. So Sadiq Bey is next in line in a school that has has a very solid recent track record of producing pros, getting guys who can contribute early on in their NBA careers and then turn into pretty solid players. I'm a big fan of Mikael Bridges. I think he's going to be a really good player for the Suns. Same with Dante DiVincenzo, a really solid role player for the Bucks. But let's turn back to Bay instead of praising people who used to play for Jay Wright. As a freshman, Sadiq Bey at Villanova, Average 8.2 points, 5.1 rebounds, and 1.3 assists, shooting 45.8% from the floor and 37.4% from three in 29.6 minutes per game. He started 29 of 36 games in his first year at Villanova and was named Big East All-Freshman Team. One of the best players in the Big East. Right away, a a high-level, you know, almost 30-minute-a-night contributor from day one at at a very good program. But he really broke out as a sophomore, and that's that's what sort of made him into the NBA NBA prospect that he is today. 
His full-time starter in his sophomore year started all 31 games, playing 33.9 minutes a night. And he averaged 16.1 points, 4.7 rebounds, 2.4 assists. He shot 47.7% from the floor. And here's the big one, 45.1% from three on 5.6 three-point attempts per game. So he was getting them up over five a game, almost six a game in college as a bunch. Villanova plays maybe more pro style than other uh, college programs, but still over five a game is a bunch for a college kid shooting 45%. That's that's a really impressive number. In fact, 45.1% ranked fourth in the nation for qualified players in college basketball this season. And that production earned Sadiq Bey unanimous selection to the all Big East first team. In his final collegiate season, his big games included 33 at home against Georgetown when he hit 8 of 10 threes. He had 29 and 6 at Butler, not an easy place to play, 5 of 8 from deep. And then at DePaul, he had 20 points and a career-best 7 assists and hit 5 of 7 three-pointers. Also had a double-double in the Big East tournament. Dude was a baller. It's almost like becoming a first-round pick in the NBA happens after you were a pretty productive college player in most situations. But Bay had 10 games where he hit at least four three-pointers. That's about a third of his games. Played 31 games as a as a sophomore, and 10 of those he had at least four threes. That's a bunch. That's a lot. This is a dude who can shoot. And might I remind you, he's six foot eight with a six ten wingspan. Does a long wing who can shoot the three at a high level seem like a good fit for the Blazers? It certainly does for me, which is why after doing my preliminary draft research, this would be my number one choice considering the Blazers draft range. I'm not sure the Blazers have the right tools to move up in the draft meaningfully. Certainly they could, and this draft might be weirder than others because of the way the process is going down without a formal combine, without in-person interviews, except for these sort of one-offs that we're getting now where teams can schedule specifically with a uh, with one guy in an open gym playing against a a trainer and a chair. This might this draft might produce strange results, but considering all the mocks I've read, all the player scouting reports I've read, I think Sadiq Bay is my number one choice for the Blazers in their range. What I want to talk about in the second segment is why he's my number one pick. We're going to go over his strengths and weaknesses as a prospect. We know Sadiq Bay can shoot. We know what size he is now. The next questions are. What else is he good at and where does he need to improve as he makes the jump from very good Villanova basketball player to NBA rookie? But before we talk about those strengths and weaknesses, I want to tell y'all about Roman. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves, but Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple, too. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off of your first month of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. All right. So we talked about Sadiq Bey's resume, a very good 
college basketball player at a school known for producing pretty darn good pros. Maybe not stars. I mean, Kyle Lowry is a star, but he's been in the league for over a decade. Uh, I'm not sure Jalen Brunson and Ryan Archidiakono and Omari Spellman are going to be stars. I don't think Dante DiVincenzo and Josh Hart are going to be stars, but I think they're all pretty solid now early on in their careers and could project to be really solid going forward. And that's kind of what the consensus seems to be on Sadiq Bey. There are a group of players, and we're going to talk about all of them on this very podcast, but he's the first draft profile we're doing. But there's a group of players kind of in this range, in from about 13 to 19, that are all kind of 3 and D type wings. And for my money, Sadiq Bey is the most intriguing. I am not someone who watches a ton of college basketball. I watch every Carolina game. So in the case of Nazir Little last year, I was very familiar with the Blazers' first-round pick. But for the most part, I, don't, I haven't seen these guys. I've watched them on YouTube a little bit, or I've caught them usually in the NCAA tournament. But with no NCAA tournament this year, there wasn't sort of a chance to do my couch scouting. So I want to be upfront. I am relying on the work of others who know more about the NBA draft than I do. But what I am good at is researching. And I have done a great deal of research to provide you these draft profiles. I've read a whole lot of words. I've watched a whole lot of videos. I don't feel comfortable saying, I saw Sadiq Bey do this. But I do feel comfortable saying, other people believe he can do this. And that's what I want to do in this segment, is talk to you about what other folks believe his strengths and weaknesses are. This is not the Mike G. Rich stamp of approval. I give my opinions on this podcast all the time, and I will continue to do so. And I've told you, based on what I've read, I really like Sadiq Bey. But it's not based on hours of film study or watching 30 Villanova games this year. That's not what I'm doing. I just want to be upfront about the process. I have put together a sort of consensus strengths and weaknesses. This is from The Ringer. Kevin O'Connor's scouting reports in The Ringer. Really valuable. Check those out. ESPN's Mike Schmidt and Jonathan Giovanni's profiles and the athletic profiles by Sam Vecini. Those are the three that I'm relying on the most. I've read some other ones at NBA DraftNet, CBS Sports, SI, all these things. But those are the three where I feel that they're the most in-depth. From my years of doing this, I feel like they're the most trustworthy. They don't always match up perfectly, but the strengths and weaknesses are sort of a consensus of what folks think. And I will highlight any things that seem to be contradictory across these draft profiles. So, First of all, Sadiq Bey, everyone calls him a 3 and D wing because that's what he is. I think he played a little bit of power forward or a lot of power forward at, at Villanova, but he also played a little bit of the three. And he also played a little bit of point guard, according to ESPN, where he was, if maybe not the straight up point guard, he was the offensive initiator running some pick and rolls. I think that's valuable because the 3 and D skills are for real. He's he's a good spot up shooter. He's got a kind of a funky release, but it's fast and he... And he can really shoot 45% on almost six attempts a game, five and a half attempts a game. He can, he can, he can get that done. He has, um, a, like I said, a little bit of those playmaking skills. He's, he's run a little bit of, uh, run a little bit of point guard, run a little bit of sort of offensive initiator. And, and those who, who have watched him do this think that he's, he's a pretty good decision maker, pretty good passer, pretty, just, just a guy with like a pretty good feel for the game. And more importantly than that, because I don't know how many times he's going to be asked to run a pick and roll. He plays for the Portland Trailblazers, quite frankly. He's going to be asked to watch Damian Lillard and do some other stuff. But that other stuff will definitely include defense. And folks that have watched and scouted Sadiq Bey think that he's a versatile defender. He can guard somewhere between two and three positions. Probably both the two and three. Maybe a little bit of four, although there's some questions about his strength early on. 
in his career in the way that plenty of rookies maybe aren't strong enough to make that immediate jump into the league. The other thing that I think intrigues me the most about Sadiq Bey and why I, I why he's number my number one on dudes I would draft if I had the 16th pick in the NBA draft is that everyone who's watched him says that he's he plays really hard, sets the tone with his intensity, makes plays just by hustling and doing things of that nature. I think that's really valuable. That That is a sort of a role player skill that you're going to need in the NBA because you're not going to be a star. And a dude who can just sort of be productive in that way just just by hustle is, to me, the kind of sort of the, the profile that you want when you're adding to this Blazer team. So those are his strengths. His weaknesses, I don't think they're huge red flags, but I think they're real. One of them that I noticed in the videos that I watched is that he's kind of got a, a weird-looking shot. He shoots sort of in front of his face. It's got a little bit of the Anthony Simons release. Um, what I have written down here is unorthodox mechanics. That's a very kind way to put it, Michael. Good job. I'm not exactly sure that having a weird shot is make well, like will make it harder for you to make that transition to the league, but it is noticeable. It's noticeable that he has a little bit of a weird shot and weird mechanics. And for a guy who's, you know, shooting, th- making the jump from shooting threes at the college level to the NBA level, it's a further three-point line. The athletes are better. You have less time to get it off, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a thing scouts notice. It's a thing that I noticed in the little bit that I watched him. The other area of concern is that while he's long and plays hard, is that Sadiq Bey isn't an explosive athlete. He doesn't have a lot of highlights where he throws down massive dunks considering his frame, you know, 6'8 with an almost 7-foot-long wingspan. He's he he's not a terrible athlete. I don't mean to imply that, but I just he's not an explosive athlete. He's not Nazir Little. He doesn't have all these highlights where you're like, whoa, that's the most athletic dude on the floor. That's not what you see. And that's not what, what the scouting reports I've read have described him as, is that he's 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 maybe not an elite athlete. He is long and can shoot, and probably can defend a couple different spots, but he's not going to jump off the page as someone who sets up crazy highlight plays. The other thing I noticed, just perusing his box scores, relatively low steal and block rates. Doesn't doesn't get a ton of steals, doesn't block a lot of shots. He had a couple games with multiple blocks, a couple games with multiple steals, but it wasn't. he didn't Certainly didn't average over over one a game in either of those, and, and didn't, didn't have any sort of standout games where he had, you know, three and three. I know typically, and this is something that Kevin Pelton has taught me over the years, that steal rates and block rates are actually a pretty good judge of um, of an of being a good defender at the next level. Uh, they they do tend to um, suggest that uh, a guy who gets a bunch of steals and blocks in college will end up being a pretty darn good player. It's why the uh, analytics were really high on Danny Green coming out of UNC. It's why they were really high on Matisse Thybul coming out of uh, UW last year, and he ended up being a, a pretty darn good defender as a rookie. Um, Guys who get steals and blocks in college typically translate into being pretty good defenders. Sadiq Bey doesn't have those big numbers. It doesn't mean that he won't be a elite defensive player in the league or even a good defensive player in the league, but it, it doesn't. There isn't these sort of metrics you can point to right now today and say, "Well, look, I mean, if guys who block shots at this level, guys who get steals at this level, they do this." You don't have that with that. You just it's just something you can't point to. So that's the strengths and weaknesses of Sadiq Bey. He's a shooter who can has a little bit of playmaking juice to his game, although he isn't an elite ball handler and a guy who breaks down players off off the dribble. He's one dribble, two dribble, pull up moves, but he can really shoot it and he and he's comfortable at handing the ball at his size. But he's not an elite athlete. And he has kind of a wonky jump shot and doesn't get a lot of steals. A wonky jump shot that goes in should be fine. Should be fine, right? I'm not worried about it just yet. 
He's my ideal fit for the Blazers. And I want to talk about that more in the third segment. This is a guy who I pegged for when I started reading about these guys. I said, this is this is the player the Blazers should try to draft. So I want to close out the show selling you on that. Sadiq Bey is the ideal pick for the Blazers. I'm going to tell you why. But before I do that, I got to tell you all about Bilt Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. That's it. That's all. That's what they got. They made a protein bar that tastes really good. They're not trying to trick you. They're just trying to give you a delicious protein bar. Comes in 18 amazing flavors. Covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. It's got that candy bar-like texture. If you've tried other protein bars, you know they can be chalky and dry and gross. That's not what Bill Bar is. Bill Bar is a delicious protein bar. In addition to tasting really good, having that wonderful texture, it's also pretty good for you. Because it's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-in-protein, high-in-fiber. Wonderful option for the health-conscious among us. If you are looking for a snack when you are at home, if you are like me, you are at home a lot, and you are looking for snacks a lot, you can do a lot worse than something that is both delicious and nutritious. So don't do worse. Go to BuiltBar.com and do this. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON. For 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Lockdown Blazers. We're still talking about Sadiq Bey. The ideal pick for the Blazers if they remain at number 16. I'll give you, I'll make my case. I'm gonna close, I'm gonna close the show by making my case for Sadiq Bey. I, I teased this on Friday that I that this was the the number one choice for the Blazers. Sort of the number one choice after 15 other number one choices are off the board, right? But still, considering their draft range, considering their roster, Sadiq Bay is the ideal fit. But first, is he realistic? We got to answer that question, right? So I went to the mocks. The Ringer has him going 16 to the Blazers. ESPN has him going 12. The Athletic has him going 16 to the Blazers. NBA DraftNet has him going 19 to the Nets. CBS Sports 13 and SI.com 14. I think the consensus mock draft is the best way to go. I'm not using mocks that haven't been updated since August or September. Who, Y'all, experts know that the draft is coming and you've got to get more intel. So I'm only looking at drafts that have been updated recently. We can trust the intelligence, people that authors that I trust. I've been in the game a long time. I've been I've been grabbing consensus mock drafts for professionally for a decade. And prior to that, as a as a nerd in a college dorm room who enjoyed the NBA draft. So yeah, I'm only bringing you premium cut, premium cut mock drafts for my consensus. But that all that is to say, after bragging about myself and maybe being mean to my college version of myself, Sadiq Bey's right in the range. As high as 12, sort of the end of the lottery, 12, 13, 14, and as deep as 19. Judging from what I've read, 19 would surprise me. I, I'm not sure that given his uh, physical profile, 6'8", with a 7-foot wingspan, that he's going to drop that far. So People always drop. Blazers might choose someone else, someone we're going to talk about here in the next couple of weeks. But but for me, I think it is more likely he is off the board when the Blazers select than he is still on the board after they select. You feel me? So now, let me make my case. A rookie who can defend multiple spots and shoot 
and could be a day one or at least a year one contributor? Yes, sign me up. That checks the boxes. This is the ideal pick for the Blazers at their draft slot. Dude shoots 45% from three. He's long enough to guard threes and fours, probably their weakest spot defensively. He's played in a system that Villanova that produces high-level role players. It'd be great if the Blazers could draft a star in the way that it's great if your team ever drafts a star. But if you can't draft a star, drafting someone who can help and who can fill a need without being a reach is the ideal fit. And for me, a 6'8 forward who can shoot it is the answer to a lot of the questions that the Blazers posed last season. Who's, who can help on offense? Who can help on defense? If this guy can potentially do both, that's the ideal pick. Scouts think that he could be an early contributor. Maybe he doesn't have the highest ceiling of, of players in this draft, but a, a guy who can contribute right away, considering the Blazers' timeline, the next three years are the most important that they've had in the last decade. That's what you want. I think the Blazers' lack of wing depth actually has probably been underplayed by the national media and to some extent the local media, but certainly in, when I read the, the big old blogs, that's the thing they're talking about is backup point guard and backup center. But I think the wing depth is incredibly crucial on this team. Trevor Ariza is 35 years old. When he came over in the trade, he played 33 minutes a night. That's not sustainable over an 82-game season, both because father time is undefeated. Trevor Ariza is going to be worse as a 35-plus-year-old than he was last year as a 34-year-old starter. Rodney Hood is coming off an Achilles injury, and even prior to that, I don't think he could be considered a top-flight wing. Rodney Hood really helped the Blazers, but can you play Rodney Hood 40 minutes a night? Are Trevor Reese and Rodney Hood good enough to make you move away from this position? I think not. Mario Hazonia is not a real solution. And the Blazers mostly avoided playing Nazir Little at the three because of his lack of ball handling and playmaking. If Melo is back on the team, he's mostly a four. Wing depth is going to be a real thing. Gary Trent Jr. is going to play at the three, but you want him playing more too. And if you have a solution that's better and bigger, that's what you'd like to go with. The current roster makes wing depth a need, to be sure. Maybe it's not the consensus need, and maybe you disagree with me, but when I look at this group, I say they really could use some help at the three and the four. And you're telling me Sadiq Bey could maybe play some minutes at both spots? Yeah, that's the ideal fit. Additionally, it is. it seems to me, from my perspective, that adding big man depth, if you need a four and a five, is easier to do in free agency, where you can get adults who are physically ready to play and have experience in the league. You can get a cheap center. That's, that is doable. That is a realistic option. It is not going to be getting a contributing wing on the market, considering what the Blazers have, seems very, very difficult. That means if you can add a real contributor, even a semi-contributor who could play a little at both forward spots and add shooting, you do it. Non-wings can get a little bit exposed early in the NBA. Being a point guard in the league, making that jump from point guard, collegiate point guard to NBA point guard, really, really hard. A lot of decision-making, so many things happening so fast, so much table setting. So it's just, it's that is the hardest spot to develop. Centers, while there's a, obviously a, a physical component, guys that maybe aren't strong enough to guard NBA-level athletes, they're also going to be put in a kajillion pick and rolls. So even if they are physically ready, there's a there's a there's just an IQ level that you need to have to play big man in the NBA, particularly a five. 
The easiest spots to be kind of an okay contributor as a rookie is on the wing. Damian Lode's going to have the ball. Yusuf Nurkic can be set in picks. You're going to be spacing out and doing your thing. You are a low-usage role player. That is an ideal fit for a rookie. Sadiq Bey is the perfect draft pick for the Blazers draft spot. That's my case. If you disagree, you know where to find me. Mike G. Rich on Twitter. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. This is the first of many, many, many draft profiles we're going to do on this show. But I wanted to start with a banger. I wanted to start with one that I could I could put a stamp on and say, I like this pick. If the Blazers do this on draft night, you will hear me applaud. We got more draft po- profiles coming this week. We'll continue to look at players in the Blazers' range and discuss them the way we s- discuss Sadiq Bey. We'll look at their resume, strengths, and weaknesses, and then I'll make my case whether they're a fit or not, or perhaps more accurately, why they are a fit with the Blazers. I'm not going to sell you all on someone who I don't believe in. That's not how this podcast works. I'm a man of I'm a man of my word. I, I'm not uh, I'm not hyping up people I don't believe in. Y'all listen to me talk about the Blazers. I'm I mostly keep it real. That approach won't change. Hopefully, as we do these draft profiles. Also, this week, if you're listening to this on Monday when it comes out, we're doing a mailbag Monday because we do it each week. Tweet at me at Mike G Rich or send me an email lockedonblazerspot at gmail.com. If you're behind. Every Monday we do a Mailbag Monday, so just send me, a, send me a tweet or send me a question to the email address. You can get involved that way. More draft profiles coming. Mailbag each week. Show ain't stopping even if the season has. So tell your friends about it. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.